Hey everyone, it's Michael here from GoodyReader.com, and today we're going to talk about the e-reader industry, what happened in 2015, and why it was basically the worst year on record in terms of sales. Firstly, e-ink and e-reader innovation has ground to a halt, and no new technology has been developed since 2013. In 2013, a lot of new tech was released. Sony and e-ink worked on Mobius, which is a plastic-based, flexible e-ink panel, and the only commercial product that was released was the Sony Digital Paper, otherwise known as the DPT-S1. At the same time, Fina was developed, which is basically glass-based, e-ink Carta and e-ink Regal. And most e-readers these days have Carta and Regal. The only models to really have Fina and Mobius are 133 three-inch e-readers, and although Pocketbook and Onyx has both teased models, there hasn't really been any commercially viable products. So 2015 was basically the worst year on record in terms of overall sales. Many analysts have proclaimed that only 9 million units were shipped that year, which is a decrease from the 12 million that were sold in 2014, and a far cry from the 20 million units that were sold in 2011. So there are many reasons why companies like Amazon only released one e-reader in 2015, the Paperwhite 3, and Barnes & Noble only shipped one e-reader, the Nook Glowlight Plus. Although Kobo debuted two new models, they are the minority in terms of companies that are releasing numerous models a year. I think the main reason why the e-reader industry is in a state of decline is due to the market becomes super saturated. This was between 2009 and 2012. Basically, anyone who wanted an e-reader went out and bought one during that time frame. There's little reason to invest in a new model every year because there's no quantum leaps in technology like there is with smartphones and tablets. The second reason is primarily attributed to e-reader ownership hitting an all-time low. Pew Research conducted did a study and found 19% of adults reported owning an e-reader, such as a Kindle or Nook, and this is a sizable drop from t- t- 2014 when 32% of adults reported owning a- this device. It seems as though people have shelled their e-readers and gravitated towards smartphones and tablets. Pew Research found that 45% of U.S. adults owned a tablet, a substantial increase since they began measuring tablet ownership in 2010. Then, only 4% of adults in the U.S. were tablet owners. They also stated that 68% of adults now have a smartphone, nearly double from 2011 when only 35% own a smartphone. The Wall Street Journal also weighed in this summer and said that smartphones continue to be the most adopted piece of technology to read ebooks. The premise derived from a recent Nielsen survey of 2,000 people who found that 50% of ebook buyers said they use smartphones to read ebooks at least some of the time, which is a 24% increase from 2012. So, in terms of the e-reader industry, there's only a few companies left standing. When we first started reporting on the rise of e-readers and e-books in 2008, basically one year after the first Kindle came out, there was a ton of companies in this space. In terms of companies making panels for e-readers, it's basically e-ink holdings, which is a Taiwanese company. Pixel Kui, LG, Bridgestone, all 
all abandoned their e-paper ambitions a few years ago due to a perceived lack of demand. Meanwhile, in the e-reader sector, dozens of companies went out of business in the last few years, such as Cooler, Entourage, Hanvon, Irex, Green Books, Spring Design, Kyobo, and dozens of others. There are only two major companies left standing in the e-reader space, and against all odds, they have managed to flourish. Amazon has the largest market share, and they account for 75% of all e-books sold in the U.S., while in the U.K., this figure is closer to 95%. The second major global player has to be Kobo. The company has been on an expanding rampage, trying to dominate markets early before Amazon could swoop in. One of the biggest secrets of their success is getting their devices inside bookstores where their prospective customers are. Michael Tamlin, the CEO of Kobo, told me on a few occasions that they focus on bookstores because their product seems more organic and wholesome instead of being sold at a big box retailer where technology is often cold and impersonal. So what's an e-reader discussion without the Barnes & Noble Nook? The company released a new waterproof e-reader this year, the first new model since 2013. Barnes & Noble has lost money on the Nook for the last four years straight. In total, they've lost around $1.2 billion. They have too much inventory, they're selling too few units, and they thought they could solve this problem by contracting out their tablet design to Samsung and their e-reader design to Nectronics. Really, it's been a dismal failure. The main problem with the largest bookstore chain in the U.S. is that they utterly refuse to enter into new markets and sell digital content. This not only hurts them, but leaves some of their customers in a quagmire. For example, digital library distributor Overdrive sources their digital magazine collection and student newspapers from Barnes & Noble. Because Barnes & Noble only sells in the U.S., it limits Overdrive's capability to sell this kind of content in other markets. So really, it's forcing them to find someone else else so they could sell magazines in countries like Canada or the United Kingdom. While Amazon and Kobo dominate the global stage, there are still a handful of key regional players that have any sort of sales record and established customer base. One of the most well-known is Tolino, which comprises of an alliance of telecom and tech companies that wanted to develop e-readers and open up a digital bookstore to prevent Amazon from dominating the German markets. Meanwhile, in the Netherlands, Icarus is a well-known name because they have a series of Android-driven e-readers that allow you to install your own apps. Pocketbook tends to dominate Eastern Europe, while Energy System does quite well in Spain. And finally, Onyx Books primarily focuses on the lucrative Chinese market. Will 2016 be any better? Well, I'm hoping that there will be a number of new technologies that will be in play that will hopefully make e-readers a little bit more viable. In 2015, in June, Freescale announced their IMX7 dual-core processor, which be incorporated into the majority of new e-readers. It started mass production in December of 2015, and it will likely take around six months for companies to be able to leverage the new chip to be able to get the most bang for your buck. So what is the IMX7 dual-core processor? Well, to give you just a sort of like a, a like a surface overview, it basically adds another core so e-readers will be faster. 
But e-readers right now sort of have this delicate balance between battery life and performance. And the more powerful you make an e-reader, the you know it kills the battery life significantly faster. No one wants an e-reader where you know you have to charge it every week. So IMX7 will allow most tasks to be offloaded to the processor, whereas right now they're offloaded to RAM. And most e-readers only have 512 MB of RAM or at most 1 gig of RAM. And so what IMX7 will do is it'll allow more tasks such as the user interface, the settings menu, page turns to be offloaded to the processor, freeing up more space for the RAM, boosting performance of the e-reader. E-Ink should also announce the second generation E-Ink Regal in 2016. Now, the Freescale processor was not only developed to work with the current generation of E-Ink panels like Regal, uh, like Carta, like Fina, and Mobius, but it was actually made for whatever E-Ink was working on next. And chances are Regal 2 has been development for a while, but it, I don't think it's going to actually be released until SID Display Week of 2016, so a few months from now. This is just my speculation, but I do feel like in conjunction with the Freescale processor and Regal, this will really kind of give people a reason to upgrade to a new e-reader because with Regal and the Freescale processor, you'll be able to do animations a little bit better. So a lot of e-readers in 2014, 2015, they ran Android. So it allowed you to run your own apps. The problem is, is that most Android apps have animated page turns. They have like a lot of things happening because they're primarily made for smartphones and tablets. So you can peek what's on the next page. There's like a lot of cool functionality, but on an e-ink e-reader, it really stutters when you turn an animated page turn the way the e-ink page refreshes work is that you really don't get a great experience. But with Regal 2 and the Freescale processor, you'll finally be able to get that same type of e-reading experience that you would get on your smartphone and tablet, but on an e-reader. So the more Android e-readers that hit the market, you'll be able to actually take advantage of that. But most likely, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo will be able to leverage this technology with their in-house apps and be able to actually make different ways to be able to read books that is a little bit more intuitive, but actually feels really nice. So I kind of feel like Regal 2 and the new Freescale processor will hopefully debut and be inside e-readers in late 2016. And I really think that that would give people a reason to upgrade their new devices because you'd be able to get things out of an e-reader that's so far that you've only been able to get out of a tablet and smartphone. So I've droned on long enough, but this is an overview of the e-reader industry. Now, a few clarifications. Regal and all these other like little things were not made for large screen e-readers. So Carta screens, for example, cannot be used in large screen e-readers. So the reason why I don't think that 13.3 inch e-readers are viable right now is just because they could only use Mobius and Fina. Those are the only two screens that large screen e-readers could have. Now there is a huge cost barrier for those. Um, 
I believe that just to get the e-reader with no software costs around $600. And if you factor in distributing and everything like that, it's no small wonder why 13.3 inches don't work because they have to hit the market at like $750, $800. And why would you want to spend that much money on an e-reader when you can get two or three tablets for that amount of money? So I kind of think that large screen e-readers are likely dead because who wants to invest that much money in manufacturing research and development when the final product is like $750-$800 in order for companies like Kobo or Amazon prospectively to make money that's the quagmire right now is that there's 6 inch e-readers out there sometimes there's 6.8 inch e-readers and anything bigger than that uses really outdated e-ink display panels like e-ink pearl and it really doesn't make the e-reader fast robust it makes it lag you see ghosting there's a myriad of problems so one of the big challenges with the e-reader industry is tw in 2016 is how do you make large screen e-readers viable how do you pack them up with enough technology and have the price low enough that people could buy into it and offer them on a consumer retail level of like $300, $400. Right now, it, that does not look like to be a reality. So for Goody Reader News, my name is Michael, and everybody take care.